0: And hey, what's up friends? And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Chronicle of the Badass Dad. I'm your host, Josh Smith. Once again, I, I got to thank you guys. Uh thanks to everyone for listening, uh for sharing me, or sharing the podcast with your friends. Uh Thanks for all the uh, the likes on Facebook and Instagram. If you keep continuing, especially on Instagram, uh keep helping me build that shit up. Greatly appreciate it. Um also, I'm looking for badass dads to come on the podcast. Um, if you know anyone who's got a, who's got a story, whether it be happy, sad, but if it's something that needs to be told, please send them my way. Uh, if it's you, let's just do a podcast, man. Like we're all in this together. You know, we're all just trying to figure this shit out. You know, we're just winging it. Um, but you know, I want to hear it, man. I want to share it. Um, but yeah, I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, my next guest is uh, Jason Lancaster. Holy shit! How lucky am I, right? Uh, Jason Lancaster is a uh, former frontman of great bands like Mayday Parade and Go Radio. Uh, the dude was a rock star. He still is a rock star. He just he's just rocking in another genre, right? Uh, but you know, we go deep into his uh, his rock star history. We talk a lot about his dad and the influences he had on him, and we talked about his uh, his dad life. Man, he's uh, a lot of big changes over the years, man. So I was very fortunate enough to know him when he was younger, and very. Lucky that I still call him a friend now. Uh, but I really appreciate him sharing his story with me, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Jason, dude, what's up?
1: Dude, not a lot. Not a lot. Just sitting here at home, uh, wrapping up some schoolwork. I, I, feel, like, uh, school I feel like I probably school? said that to you last time that, that we talked, to. <laughs> so you're
0: doing schoolwork, huh?
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. Knocking out the homework, trying to get the A's and all that jazz. <laughs> well, I know who you are. And
0: we got a lot yeah. of uh, common friends. But why don't you go ahead and like introduce yourself, like who you are. What you done and kind of just what's going on in, in yeah. your life.
1: So uh, I'm Jason Lancaster. Um, I uh, started and played in uh, Mayday Parade and Go Radio for the first ever. Um, and uh, now I'm a, a worship leader over at First Baptist Orlando in Orlando, Florida. I've got a got a wife, three awesome kids. Everybody's kicking butt. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. That's me right now. I like to rebuild old cars, and do
0: woodwork. So I I was thinking about probably the first time I met you, like way before you were like Jason Lancaster from Go Radio or Mayday. But like, if I'm not mistaken, like the first show that I've ever seen you play was at the Westside Men's Club in Panama City, Florida. (laughs) It was you, Dale McClellan was on bass, and then uh, Robbie McDonald was on drum. You... I don't think you guys did any original stuff. I think you guys were just covering. If I'm not mistaken, I remember you guys playing "Damn It" from Blink One Eighty <laughs> Two. Yeah,
1: <laughs> dude, that's been like freaking forever ago, man. Oh I, yeah, I, I was like
0: 16 know. years old, maybe at the most.
1: Dude, yeah, it was crazy. I think I uh, I got in a wreck on the way to that show, actually. Dude, it was like uh, uh, like driving down 231, <clears throat> and some old lady cut me off in the the median, and I like got out and like slammed my my coke on the ground and the cops got onto me because they're like, you can't be that mean. And I was like, I'm 16, man. What are you gonna do? <laughs> it's,
0: uh, I remember cause like you are like, I remember the song it was like the Boyway Boy 2 song, damn it. You know, has that has like that, that one curse word, you know, he, he fucked her and I like I remember you <laughs> couldn't say you could say I don't know like if you would have said it anyways, but I remember like Robbie's mom was <laughs> in the crowd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Miss Luana, dude, she uh, was awesome. She was
0: she's an amazing woman. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, I mean, I don't know what happened. Like, I know at one point I was in a band with, uh, like, Joe McDonald, um, and there was talk about you coming to play with us, but that was about all I remember. What happened? Because I, I saw you going from being, like, the, the the kid that was playing at the West Side Men's Club, and then, like, years later, me and uh, Dale on in the Marine Corps, and I guess he gives me the demo that you gave him of, like, the early days of May Day Parade. Like, wow. what, what, what happened between that time? Like, when did you become – this great musician or you know, the, the whole process of you becoming, you know, the rock star that you are now? <laughs>
1: um, well, first off, you make me blush. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, man, like I was, uh, I was living in Panama city, um, playing with Brandon and Lee and uh, John, John Fitzler. And um, man, it was fun. It was a ton of fun, but I was living in the sheds. Do you remember the sheds?
0: Yeah. I, I, I had a few bands that, that played in those things. Uh, so just, yeah, those, were, those were fun times too. Yeah.
1: For people that aren't that aren't aren't from PC, the sheds were just this place down on Front Beach where just like every band rehearsed, and yeah. I lived in our rehearsal shed, um, and was bouncing at Club La Lavila, dude. I was a bouncer at Club La Vila.
0: Uh, I, I remember I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to hurt your feelings, but you used to be a big boy, dude. I'm still a big boy, but yeah, but back
1: then you were big, I felt like a little bit thicker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, dude, I was uh, bouncing at Club La Vila, and I got a call from uh, this guy named Jake Bunger, He's a drummer for Mayday. And he was like, dude, um, you know, I I just, I I wanted to run this by you. Maybe you want to come up here and play with us. And this is a band called The Last Try. And uh, I need to be in Georgia anyway to kind of handle some family stuff. So um, I packed up my, my bag, my literal bag, dude. I had that and like a, like a little burner cell phone and uh, moved up to Georgia. And dude, that was that was it, man. I I started playing with uh with them, and then that eventually turned into uh, this band named Kid Named Chicago, Misfit Lyrics, Um, and then uh, we started playing around. And then see, like, uh, I don't know, maybe like a year, two years into that, we we made Mayday out of uh, KNC and this band from Tallahassee called Defining Moment. And dude, I remember like those early tours were like brutal. Like they were so much fun, but they were like brutal, brutal. Um, you know, five dollars a day, dude. We we uh, we followed Warp Tour, and we would give ourselves ten cents for every CD we sold. So Jesus. it's like, dude, if, if you wanted to like eat, you had to hustle, bro. Like, <laughs> like hustle hard, man. Um, so, dude, yeah, that was that was early tour life, man. And then uh, on that on that same tour on Warp Tour, we met with Fearless, and Fearless signed us, and there was this student named Kevin Knight who was. Uh, Kevin Knight was—I'm not even gonna pat him. He was like the worst dude in the world. Like, <laughs> just, just terrible people, man. Um, yeah, and then that was—that was the beginning of uh, professional music for me. Anyway, right. man, you know we—we you know, we like rehearsed for eight hours a day, five days a week, and like wouldn't let ourselves have like day jobs when we were home, um, bros. It, it was fun. It was a fun, uh, fun way to spend my twenties. I am stoked I'm not doing it in my 30s. <laughs> yeah. So when you, because uh, we've always,
0: like, all those guys who were playing in bands back then, we always respected, like, your talent. Like, from, from an early age, you could shred a guitar pretty good. And you, out, of, out of everyone I knew, you could you could definitely sing, which is a very hard thing for most of us young guys <laughs> to do. That, that's why most of us did hardcore, because we sucked at
1: singing.
0: <laughs> but, uh what was like growing up? Because I, I know, like, one of the things I love about you in your story is that you do come from like a humble, humble beginnings. Like, I know, I, I kind of know the area you grew up in. It's not, yeah. it's not a big area, and it's, it's not a, it's not, it's not a place that wealthy people, you know, live. in. Yeah. so, like, kind of like just go back to like your childhood. And like, I, I know your dad played a huge part in your life, and you posted this really cool video of uh, your dad singing, like, like a southern rock band or something. But dude, yeah. the dude, the dude could sing.
1: Yeah, but
0: um, I- just. Just kind of go back to like the early days, like like little Jason.
1: Man, so uh, I literally don't have a memory where I wasn't trying to play something. Like my earliest memory, I think I was like two years old, um, and uh, my dad was in a a a bunch of different bands. But like this band in particular was playing like this big festival in South Georgia, and like he did a lot of uh, I don't know, like a lot of Almond Brothers, Leonard Skinner stuff. He was like in that kind of cover band, Um, but they were like known. Like to to be good, so they would go and do all these festivals and stuff like that. And he brought me up on stage, and I sang Dusty Dixie Road with him um, nice. at two years old, which was you know I think that was kind of like the start of it for me. It was like okay, this this is fun, you know, like this is this is where I'm having a good time at. Um, so I started like trying to play guitar and trying to do stuff like that. Like I would go to his rehearsals, bro. I would take like my little crappy like Synsonics. Do you remember those they have, like, yeah, the Synsonics guitars? Yeah, yeah. Here. I would take that to the rehearsals, man, and like, uh, um, his guitar players would sit there and they would play, and then I would like try and copy what they were doing, <laughs> you know. And then by the by the time it was done, like his guitar players were like turning their backs around to me, like they wouldn't let me see what they were playing because they're like, "This little, little jerk stealing all my riffs, man." <laughs> but uh, no, man. Like I, I started doing that, and like my dad started coming to shows, and uh, we were always like poor, like like super poor, like you right. said, and um the place i grew up like bluntstown and and bainbridge georgia and all these places like that like they're they're full of farmers like full of really really good people but full of like super hard-working people right you know like like you earn what you get there and if you don't work for it then you don't got nothing right um so like that was that was always my mentality towards towards even music you know like i figured out from an early age i was like wait a minute i can do this for a living like this is something i can do and i can um you know Pay my bills with it, man. I wasn't even thinking about like, like trying to be rich at that time. I was just like, I just, I just want to be able to, you know, pay uh, my insurance and my phone bill and and eat on five dollars a day, man, and just, just break even. Yeah. You weren't. Know?
0: <clears throat> Cause when I when I grew up like in the nineties and like like I was I was into like punk rock like the uh, the fast nasty aggressive you didn't have to be you, you didn't have to be talented you just you know like like, like people ask you like oh you were musician' like fuck no I was not a musician <laughs> yeah you know, I, I had a bass guitar and I screamed and you know it lasted for a few years but I was definitely not like you know guys like you that I admire like you and uh, Patrick Hosey guys who were like musicians were you. Would you consider yourself like kind of like part of that like that punk? Like came up like with punk rock, and um uh, was that kind of like your, your genre back in the day?
1: Dude, yes for sure, man. Like, like I was always super into skate punk. Um Like, AAA was like the best band ever oh, to me. Jesus, I'm, yeah. I'm so
0: glad I'm so glad I'm not the only person who knows who they are.
1: Oh. <laughs> it might be down to just us two now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're definitely a Florida band. <laughs>
1: man um so like i would i was always like a kind of an angry kid so angry music stuck with me man me and uh my buddy scott Pybus from Ooh, that's that's one of my best friends of all times
0: dude you know Pybus. i used to live with him no joke so yeah um so like my senior year it should have been my senior year in high school um i fucking like didn't run away i was 18 so i was allowed to leave but i left home i got you know whatever i had a, I had a, a shit thing going on there and uh I would live between Scott Pybus and Joe McDonald. I would go from their house back and forth until I graduated Blountstown Adult School. <laughs> I, I even lived with Dale McClellan for a little bit out of his little uh, piece of uh, what I don't know what you want to call his living. Like he, he, yeah, he grew up rough. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't like living with Dale because sometimes he didn't eat. So <laughs>
1: right, dude. I remember, man. Dale would just, uh, he would be like, "Hey, I, I'm going to go shoot a deer." It's like, what? It's, I don't think it's deer season. He's like, "Yeah, gotta dude, eat."
0: <laughs> no shit that you say that. Like I remember one time I was sleeping in his house and I don't even know if you want to call it a house. It was like it was four walls that could fall down at any time. And uh I was sleeping and that motherfucker he shot a deer outside the window. <laughs> he didn't warn anybody, he woke me up, I'm terrified. Like he's got this big shitty grin and a dead deer in the backyard. He was <laughs> probably that was a, it right there like, probably yeah I, I, i'm not cleaning that shit like i was <laughs> so yeah you and you and scott Pi was were pretty tight and that's kind of because me and him that's how we kind of got together we both listened to like the same kind of music punk rock we even started a little band but never went anywhere
1: dude I, I remember that man like uh me and scott i'm gonna move over here to plug in my computer yeah uh, but me and scott man we used to uh used to make these we, we just called them punk tapes um we'd drive around in his mom's thunderbird and just like wreck stuff can you still see me yeah you're good bro. okay um we would just drive around in his in his mom's thunderbird like blasting like um at that point in time it was like mxpx and lag yep, yep. uh no useful so. name like you know just just a little bit slower than AAA, a little bit less aggressive yeah uh, but like original pop punk right um man and that was my jam and uh Dude, Pybus was the man. I yeah, remember God. when you guys started jamming together too, man. Like that's crazy.
0: I think we were supposed. To, I think you're supposed to join too at that point,
1: right? What is it? I
0: thought you were gonna play with us at one point. I can't remember. Like I didn't see you as much during those times. I don't know. You know, it was such a blaze, a blur for me, anyways. But like, I, I know there's many times that me and you were supposed to play together, but we never <laughs> got there. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, I I think high school was like a weird time for me. Like I was, um, I moved in to uh, to Blonstown like halfway through my ninth grade year. And uh, Bluntstown is full of people that just like grew up together. Like these kids are doing pre-K together and just like all yeah. school. So like I never really fit in very well there, you know, like. Uh, so I think there was probably probably a lot of stuff that I was supposed to do that just never really panned out. Because you know, I was like I was always a little bit outside, um, which is why Panama City was so much fun for me, man. Because it's like just big melting pot, like everybody from everywhere came, came into Panama City and just like that scene was so uh, brutal you know like it was brutal but we were all doing it together you know like it was it was really 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 common to leave bleeding uh but we were all all just we're bleeding together man it was fun you know it was a good time
0: so you know obviously like you know you, you made it pretty big i guess like for that kind of genre music you made it pretty big like when was it like so you started mayday parade like when was it like you decided, hey, I made it. Like, what was the uh, like the signal point that said, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a musician. Like, did you start? Was it, you know, you get big and all of a sudden you start getting paychecks or what?
1: And paychecks don't come until way down the line. Right. Uh, I think when when we got signed, that was my like, okay, like I'm doing this for real now. Like, because you think in your head, you're like, I've made it, I've made it, I've made it, and then slowly you realize that you never really make it. <laughs> like, right. There's always like a next step, always something else to do, and like you know something else to be a part of. And and uh, there's a saying in the music industry is that you're only as good as the last thing that you did. Um, so there's a constant pressure to just like one up yourself with everything. So like you're never you're never happy with where you're at. You're always pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to to be bigger and better than the last thing that you did, so that you just don't disappear. <laughs>
0: Now do you I, think there was a big difference? uh obviously whatever happened with you guys whatever happened with you in uh May Day Parade, um, I didn't really know anything about you how big you got until uh you got to Go Radio. And that's <laughs> yeah, you know, I was uh, me and Stephen Kopax at your drummer of time. I mean, I haven't talked to him in probably like a decade, but like me and him were uh we grew up together. Uh we used to uh, he he came like we started middle school with me and like the first time that we he ever played in a band, it was like me and him. A tonal
1: spiral, like, man. I remember that, John.
0: It wasn't even that. It was, uh, it was, it was Stephen. It was me. I, I picked up his dad. His dad had like an old, like nineteen sixty four Gibson. It was something the Beatles would have fucking played—a Gibson bass. Yeah. And like, I, all I did, I came up with this weird uh, bass line. And then we were sitting. We went to go see Jonathan Hoffman, uh, another musician from there. And he was, he was in a band, and they were playing at his church talent show. And me and Steve went, and they are like. Well, fuck it let's let's go play and like I was not a musician like I didn't had no idea what I was doing Steve was the only of all the people I've ever jammed with Steve was like the only I guess you would say true musician who like played like band at school like he knew how to play the drums like as a musician and he got up there and I got there and we played like this weird bass line and everyone liked it and then you know oh you know, but uh um, where was I going with that the, yeah so I didn't really know who you were until you you know, go. I knew who you were I didn't know you broke out until like Go Radio and I was yeah. sitting there and I was watching ESPN or something and you guys came up and I'm like I, I kind of recognize those guys and like I looked it up I'm like oh shit <laughs> and so I hit Steven up and he said yeah you guys were rocking out but was that was there a difference in like what you would consider like being successful because from like, when you were in Mayday Parade and in Go Radio because you like Go Radio like blew up Mayday Parade blew up too but it's kind of like I, I guess maybe at the same time Was there's there like a difference because like, it see like you were a star when you were like Go Radio
1: yeah it Mayday Parade is like uh, I don't know, it's like left and right of the line. You know, like uh Mayday Parade was or still is like a, an amazing pop punk band. Like that's that's what they do. They're really, really solid at pop punk and and uh and writing like for that genre. And I say pop punk loosely because that means a lot of stuff now.
0: Yeah, I don't even know what that means anymore.
1: Um but uh Go radio for me was like or for us I should say was like uh Hey, we're just gonna kinda write music that we like. And if it takes off then awesome, but we're not really gonna aim for anything. You know, so we started out and we, we wrote another like like fast pop punk record with the, for the EP and like that was fun, but it was like, hey, I'm 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 used to this. i I'm, I'm you know, I know what I'm doing here. Like let's get a little bit deeper. Let's let's write stuff that you know that moves us. And then we did uh Lucky Street, and Lucky Street was like this like apocalyptic like end of the world record man like it was just yeah, I, was,
0: it was, I, was, I was gonna ask you about that because i was like I was the other day because i was never really into like love you to death and i love all you guys to death but i was never really into that kind of like genre of uh pop punk and so i yeah. never really like got into the record however i will tell you this one story i was at a uh, i was at a small little punk show up here in syracuse one time back in like 2011 and 2012 and i was uh there's a chick dude she was she was beautiful like she had like she had like little purple hair she was wearing like you know, she was all like pop punked out and she was of age and she was 21. So I'm like buying her drinks. We're talking. And she's got a Mayday, you know, and I'm like, oh, you like those guys? She's like, yeah. I'm like, well, you ever heard of go radio? She's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I used to play. I, it's, it's kind of a lie. I kind of lied to her. It's just, it's just, it's, you know, I, I did play the band with Steve back when we were like babies, but it's like, yeah, I used to play with, I know all those guys I grew up with them and. It was going somewhere and you know what happened? A- absolutely absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing, nothing happened. It, 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 chicks don't like guys who know rock stars. <laughs> Ble- <laughs> I blew it. <laughs> I, I tried though, but uh uh you know, it was fun. But like um, you're, yeah. but going back to that that music, I was went and looked at the lyrics really hard the other day and I'm like, these are so these aren't like yeah, of course there was like those kind of like pop punk like love songs that you that you're really good at, but like there was some other like some deep lyrics, like some religious stuff going on, yeah. some like where did that all come from, and that was that. That's not like your traditional like, hey, pop punk. I want to make girls your know, cream your panties or whatever. It's like it was some like deep stuff, dude. Yeah,
1: that that was the goal, man. With a lot of that stuff, it's just like, um, I don't know. Like my dad had just died, and like there was there was so much like that was was happening in my life. Like not just romantically, but like switching over from you know from made it to go radio was hard. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of my friends left me like with that with that where it was just like I kind of had to come into a new circle and, and you know, be a different person. And, and dude, it was it was like really tough. Um, you factor in that with just like, dude, at, at that point, like when Girl radio happened, that's when it hit me. It's like, oh, man, like, like, I'm growing up. I'm, I'm getting old. Like I'm going to die someday. Like, dude, yeah. this, is, this is like real stuff. And uh, so like all that hit me. So that's what we wrote about. You know, like, it was you- just, just epic.
0: Now, do you think? Cause this is something that's happened to me lately. Uh, you know, I'm not a musician, but like I've been listening to these bands forever, and like I got to this point where it's like, i do not wrong. I love punk rock. I st- you look at my CD or uh, whatever, like it's always playing. And It's just like, yeah. but, but at some point, like you think that you kind of outgrew it as a musician, like because you, like, you're right. Like you listen to like Mayday great, like great pop punk band, and then I see like, listen to you guys, it's like yeah, you can still like you, you know they're influenced by like pop punk or whatever you want to call it but like it wasn't it's, it had like a different feel there's piano you're like there's not punk rock singers that sing like you did like you can hold a key like you were like if you ask me you guys were like musicians you guys were a bunch of like angry punks with the uh, yeah. you know bad 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 attitudes and bad intentions like you guys were like actual musicians do, do you yeah. think there was like a switch because you got older or was it because you were trying to i don't know i, I know i don't know too much about the rock and roll business but i know that you do have to kind of write stuff that you know that that goes through that scene or that goes to that to the audience that you're trying to you know get but it's like you guys didn't really like it just it felt like you guys were just like on a different level just you know just really good musicians just write some really badass songs.
1: Well dude for me like that that happened when I started listening to a bunch of different stuff. Like I, I switched over from I don't I I wanna say switched over. I discovered bands like uh like Bright Eyes and Elliot Smith and um like all these, like like really really deep writers and deep lyrics, and it, and it kind of stirred like a different pot, you know, all together. So, you put that together with you know I'm playing with guys like Steve and Matt and and Petrie at that point, Alex later on, and it's like these are all like incredible musicians. Like it's not yeah. just like, um, not that Mayday guys aren't incredible musicians, but you know we're writing as a as a unit with Go Radio. And uh, dude, like we did, we like when we went in and did uh, close the distance. Still to this day, like I, I don't think I've, I've topped close the distance, man. Like that record for me was just like it. Um, <clears throat> so you know, like we, we went in and we started doing all this stuff, and, and so like yeah, it, it kind of was like that. There was a switch that flipped. It, it wasn't necessarily that, um, you know, it was any one thing that switched it. But, you know, I, I look back on it and I'm going like, oh, like I can see like all these little parts and little pieces that fit together to make like this one big thing happen.
0: Well, that's kind of what I see with it, because I've been uh, Petrie, you know, Patrick's friend, like since high school. Like We've we've always been bros. And, you know, I knew him back when he was like just this nerdy kid with this, with this stupid hair, <laughs> you know, play guitar in a band called Lower Class. And, so, <laughs> and I, so I watched him go from like being like barely knew how to play guitar, you know, super into punk rock. And I watched him, you know, just over the years just evolve i watch him you know come out from just being like a rhythm guitar player to being like a lead guitar player to a lead singer in another punk rock band and then don't die cindy and then yeah. a little bit with you guys and like now he like in my opinion like the shit he's the music he's playing today is some of the greatest stuff i've ever heard like he's i'm i'm yeah. I'm, I'm his biggest fan like he but you just watch like the evolution of an artist like go from being like you know th- you know a punk rocker to you know now he's He's, he's, a, he's a dad he's a musician dad yeah. who's like writing about his life and like you you can't even like you can't even sell that because it's 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 priceless you can't put that out in like a record store or whatever and yeah. charge people 15 like because the only people that listen to his music are the people who understand what he's writing and talking about Like everything he does now is from the heart mm-hmm. you know and,
1: well, it's because he's doing it for himself now like yeah you know and that that's something you can say about patrick like even from like way back like i remember lower class man like um, You know, Patrick just wrote songs that Patrick wanted to play. Yeah, and that's always been him since like day one. Like he he never he never went like I want to get famous doing this. Like, he's like no, I just want to be happy playing music. So that's what I'm gonna do. Um, so,
0: so you mentioned your dad. Like, so your dad was around long enough to see you like start getting success with music.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad died um 2007. Okay. I, yeah, 2007. My dad passed. Now that's a really like yeah, but um so like i released uh uh tales told by dead friends with mayday and then mm-hmm. we went in the studio and um did a, a lesson in romantics and so like my dad got one of the early copies like whenever that got pressed he was like like got it and put it out and he's like he listened to it probably six or seven times a day like you talk to people from um you know his life and from my life back then and stuff They're like man your dad never stopped playing that record it was so freaking annoying
0: <laughs> man, that's, that's gotta be cool because like yeah I don't know exactly like your your dad's like, you know, musical career, whatever. I know I saw that video and I was like, I, I I see now where Jason gets it from, but it's like you know, obviously he you guys ended up in Bluntstown, so I'm guessing he didn't make it to like the uh you know, the big leagues with yeah. music. So I wonder like what like how happy he must have been to see you doing something that he loved and that he obviously he he raised you in that uh, that musical world, like how like it that had to be a big moment for him, like when his son is actually is putting out a fucking record.
1: Yeah, I think with with my dad, it, it, uh, it there was like a, a thin line between like, hey, I'm a really supportive dad, and like, a, I'm living vicariously through my son type deal. <laughs> right. I mean, I would do the same thing. Like,
0: I'm mean, like, oh, what? Yeah. You want. Like, 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 you watch your kid. Like, they're born, and like, you know, that's your life. That's your yeah. world. That's that's the kind of shit that you give up being yeah. a rock star for. And like, and all of a sudden, like, they're, you know, they're doing everything right. It's not like you're up there just no. Yeah doing drugs and getting girls pregnant and like fucking up your life it's like, like you're, you're, you're doing the right things and you, all of a sudden there's a record and these this music lasts forever that's one of the good things about it it's like once you make that you know it's 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 yours and you're on it and it had to be like a huge moment for him to be like this is my son you know he's he made it you know
1: it was really cool man i remember we used to sit down um, like obviously we we're a very musical family man but we would go and sit down like over at, uh, over at his house and like play acoustic guitar and and sing and like when it got dark he light a campfire and everybody's just just sitting around like you know uh, just playing and sharing songs and sharing stories and and uh, that's how I grew up you yeah. know so it's like whenever I got to do that on a larger level and come back and like you know come through from tour and he's like, hey you know how was tour and I'm like tour' great. <laughs> it's like to to see that shine man it was it was something special man like i my dad was uh was hands down my biggest fan and uh you know time and time over my best friend so it was like he was he was it man it was yeah
0: awesome. I, I like how you said that because you know i i was listening to a podcast the other day um and you're actually probably the, the best person to talking to because you are a cool dad like all dads are bad you know anyone who's a good dad's a badass <laughs> but like like how many people can say like oh my dad was I know you probably hate me calling you rock star, but I'm gonna fucking call you rock star. But like, (laughs) it's like, you know, when your kids get older, it's like, hey, my dad, and like, they got the music, they got the proof. It's not like, hey, my dad's better than your dad. It's like, hey, my dad was a fucking rock star. Your dad wasn't. So you got this, you know, this cool thing going on. And like, you know, one thing you said was like, you know, your dad was your best friend. So I was listening to this podcast uh, the other day, and like, the guy, honestly, I I know that you know, as fathers, you know, we got, we're the ones who got to discipline. We got, we got to raise, you know, good kids and stuff like that. But he, he made the comments like. Uh, you know, you're not their best friend. You know, mm-hmm. you can't be your kid's best friend. And like, I know where he's coming from, you know, yeah. and, and, and like, I'm sure he's giving great advice, but like, it kind of struck me wrong. Cause it's like bullshit. You bet <laughs> you, you, be, you better be your kid's best fucking friend. Yeah. Cause guess what? If you're not your kid's best fucking friend, someone else is going to take that job.
1: Well, see, this is, this is the line that I, that I figured out with it is, it's like you, yes, be their friend be their best friend but a real friend's not going to let you do stupid stuff either and
0: that's what that's what i'm getting
1: at it's like it's like
0: if i'm not their best friend someone else is and i don't know you know whoever they decide their best friend i don't know who that kid is i don't know who his fucked up parents are i don't know what kind of shit he's <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't know what's going on so you know and now it's, it's not like the, that's the first reason i don't know who they are but also i know that you know as i got older um you know and you know i did all the deployments and i, I come back home with all these fucked up things in my head and I'd go hang out with my best friends, and you know yeah. what? I love them. To, I love them to death. They were great guys, and I'm still friends with them all. But it's like,
1: what, were,
0: were they Were they the right ones that I should have been hanging out with in that time? You know, like are they the people that I should be like? You know, I'm, I'm going through these fucked up things in life. I'm going through divorces. I'm going through. Just all these fucked up things that hit you, especially in your early 20s. Like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And guess what? Your your, your person, like, your, the person you go to is another 20-year-old who's, who's just as dumb as you are. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I mean, I would much rather, you know, when I think about my kids, like, no, fuck that. I want to be your best friend. So when those fucking hard times come, like, because I would come home and instead of, like, going and hanging out with my dad and shoot the shit and, and try to get myself refocused, I would go off and hang out with my best friends. And they did the best they could, but things just got fucking chaotic, you know? But what yeah. do we do? We drink beer, so I got this, you know, my my tradition when I came home from these fucked up things is like I'm gonna get fucked up, and it it started this horrible cycle that I guess probably like the last five years I've kind of got a hold of, but it's like I would much rather, you know, as a parent, I look at my kids like, no, fuck that, I'm your best fucking friend, like from now on, like like you know like when it's like I remember I had some friends like it'd be like Saturday night, like dude, you wanna go out and have beer tonight? Like, nah, I'm going hunting with my dad in the morning or something like that. It's like that's the kind of relationship I want. I want you to be able to. Ditch those fucks that come hang out with me. You know? <laughs> or we know, like I said, when you get older and you have all those fucked up things going on in your head, like, dude, come talk to me. I'm yeah. not judge, I, dude, I'm your bro. Like, yeah, I'm your dad too, but I'm your bro. Like, Let's go fishing. Let's go talk some shit out, dude. If you don't want to talk, that's fine too. But, you know, yep. come to me. Come to me. I'm your best fucking friend. Yeah. These guys, yeah. you time. know, like, I don't know how many times, you know, like, people who I thought were my friends and thought were my best friends who broke my fucking heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who left me, like dads don't dads dads shouldn't do that dads aren't supposed yeah. to do that and then i know when I, when I heard him say that you know you're not supposed to be the best friend like it kind of struck me i was like no fuck that you better be their best fucking friend like when i leave this world my son better be like putting some like gay ass meme that says like the best part of me is gone or like i feel like whole <laughs> that better that better be the most depressing fucking day in his life when i leave this planet okay <laughs> you know? i don't know it's just, it's just something like when you say that like, your dad was your best friend i'm like yeah that's that's what i want to hear like dad should be your best friend i mean he should be there he should and it's like you said it's like you know a best friend's gonna stop you from doing stupid shit
1: yeah
0: you know like when you're drunk your best friend should take the keys from you not yeah. hop in the passenger sheet and then put in no effect and <laughs> you know, try to drive down the road at 60 miles you know, so, yeah. no, your, your, your best friend should be like nah like i want you to stay around i want you to hang out a little bit longer so
1: See, i know i figured that that's that's the that's the line though you know is is uh You've got to be their friend, but you've got to have their best interest at heart. A best friend with their best interest. Yeah. And uh, sometimes that does look like discipline. Sometimes it does look like like spanking the crap out of them because they've, you know, thrown up and, and, you know, defied you too hard and you've got to set a boundary. But, you know, a lot of times, man, it just looks like going fishing or going hunting. You know, like uh, um, <clears throat> some of my best moments in life are just hanging out with my kids. You know, like going out and like teaching them how to throw a throw a rod, man, like, you know, that's a big deal for me. Um, you know, and, and a lot of that does come from, you know, just that friendship, that bond that you've got to get. Because, yeah, you've got to be in charge and you've got to be, you know, showing them what to do. But at the same time, you've got to have their admiration. You've got to have their respect and you've got to have their love and they've got to want to do the things that you want them to do. Because otherwise, you know, it's just going to end up with the rebelling against you and just just messing up everything. Well, I think as a parent, like my biggest fear, and you know,
0: I, I feel bad for my parents because I did the only thing that I can, uh, like talk about, because I can only go for like my perspective. So I talk a lot of shit about my parents. My parents, you know, I can say they say they did everything, the thing they did wrong, they did nothing wrong. Yeah. The part the, the problem is is that there's no book to being a parent. Like we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Like you got all, you got all these assholes who are running okay. podcasts and they act like they got it all figured out. Well. You might have it figured out, but did you do five combat deployments? Did you, <laughs> did, you, did you did you did you not meet your kid till she was six months old? Did you go through divorce? Did did, did life fucking kick you in the balls like it kicked me in the balls like it's yeah. You know, so obviously uh, people who had like they got it all figured out. It's like no, no one's got this shit figured out. The only people that got it figured out are probably the grandparents who are on like death door. Like okay, it took me eighty years. Now I get it. But yeah. for the most of us, like there's no there's no manual to this shit.
1: There's no, none. You, so you know, I got it figured out. I'm like hey, great, you got you figured out. I'm different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like, yeah and so like you know like i, I give my parents
0: shit but they did the best they could but like one of my biggest fears is that like like when i came back home from these deployments i didn't want to go hang out with my parents mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i was just whatever happened to us there's this big distant space and like yeah i don't want that to be like well but then my kids like now nah, when you come home the first person you want to see is your best fucking friend dad you know yeah. it's like and that's the kind of relationship i want to build and like the only way i know how to build it, it's like dude you got to be their friend you got like in it's like you said, and we said, we said it multiple times already. Like, yeah, it's my job to make sure you're safe. That's it. Like, it's my job to make sure you're safe and to make sure you grow up and 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 be a decent human being. But that yeah. doesn't mean I can't, doesn't mean I can't be your best fucking friend. Cause that's what a best friend should be doing, anyways. He should have your best interest in heart and should only want you to be successful and and for you to be happy.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah. I look back at like high school and I go, like the people that I called my best friends in high school, with the exception of Dale McClellan, man, cause that guy was just
0: He's, he's a he's a one of a he's one kind of a guy.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, so so many times, like I look back at the people I knew then, it's just, like the people that that were my rider dies. Then, man, like you know, dude, we were like out drinking until four o'clock in the morning on a school night. You know, like driving back roads with no lights on, and yeah, you know, riding in the back of the truck doing eighty miles an hour down a dirt road, like that was. <laughs> That's Bluntstown, you know. Oh,
0: yeah, I, I lived it for a year.
1: No. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, that, that guy didn't care if I flew out of the back of the truck and hit my head on a tree and died. Yeah. You know, furthermore, that guy didn't care if I thought that that was right to do. You know, like and, and that's that's our job as as parents. Yes, I'm gonna be your best friend. Yes, I'm gonna be your 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 biggest advocate and somebody that that you hopefully wanna come to me and, and talk to me about all this stuff, but you're gonna wanna come to me and talk to me because I'm gonna have convinced you by this point that I have at least some of the answers.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, even <laughs> though even even though we don't, but at least we can yeah. pretend, right?
1: <laughs> Make it up off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, just bringing
0: this shit, guys. So, you know, let's go back to just go uh, go radio just a little bit more. Like, yeah. you guys, you guys hit it fucking big. Um, I mean, how would you describe it? Because I, I really don't understand. Like, because I grew up in the punk rock world, you know, big for me would be like, like no effects. That was huge. Yeah. Um, but then again, like, how often do you see no, no effects on MTV? Uh, if you if you look at like if you I went to like Fat Mike's uh, Instagram like and he's only got like a million followers compared to like Justin Bieber who's got like six hundred million followers like how would you how would you consider your success like was it like for that kind of genre was it big or was it
1: you know, you know I I feel like, like Go Radio got to a point that it was comfortable you know I would I would never say like Go Radio made it big because honestly I don't know what that looks like either I I don't know okay. what. There's not a number that you can put it on I'm like, okay, i played this many shows and I sell this much merch and, and, you know, this happened and this happened and, and now I'm big, you know, that, that's never really something that I, I, I was able to do. Um, but no, man, go Radio had great fans and everywhere we went, we played to, you know, hundreds and if not thousands of people. And, and, uh, it was a really, really amazing time in my life when we were super influential in, in a bunch of other people's lives and, right. and, uh, you know, People have, you know, go radio tattoos and, and, uh, you know, my initials, so many people have my initials tattooed on their body, which is really weird because I have terrible <laughs> handwriting. Uh, but no, like, like we had a, we were incredibly successful, um, and that we were super impactful and, uh, we got to a lot of ears and we had, a a, a lot of fun playing music that we love to play. Now, and,
0: would you, could you do it for a living?
1: Because- yeah, I, you i did okay so you
0: weren't like uh yeah, yeah. like, like i met some bands who like they, they oh i made it but they're still like like they, they got jobs to get yeah. them through like the you know what i mean
1: <laughs> we were out 11 months a year okay um but uh yeah we, we did it for a living like that was that was how how we lived and how we paid bills and how we survived was okay. through the band and and uh you know i i think in part that kind of like I don't want to say makes it disingenuous because it, it, that's that's not what I mean. Like, there are people out there that make, you know, millions of dollars that still love what they do. Um, but when it turns a corner into more of a job, you know, and, and you're not able to look at it as artistically, like, dude, I had a, a whole bunch of really, really great people that surrounded me that did everything they could to make sure that I never had to look at anything like a job. Okay. Um, you know, like, like Matt, Matt, the bass player from Go Radio. Like, dude, I'm going to say half of his existence whenever, you know, we were in go radio was to just keep me separated from the business side of it so that I could just keep being artistic. And, and, uh, you know, it was, it was awesome. Uh, but at some point like that, that's all going to creep in. Like it's all going to be a, a factor. And whenever it becomes work and a job and it's like, that's, that's what you do day in and day out, then it becomes harder to, you know, to look at it artistically. It becomes more difficult to just be like, man, I'm just going to sit down and write a song or, you know, like the last like probably two years I was touring, like if we weren't actively writing, um or touring, I didn't pick up an instrument just because like it was like, Man, I'm gonna pick up a guitar, I'm gonna you know, play the same eleven songs again, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, which kind of gets you to like like you not to go like great detail, like but you know, here you are, like well, you're probably like another album away from like being like yeah, you know, the the new Fallout Boy or, or some fucking weird <laughs> band like some, some weird fucking band like that. But you know what I mean like as, when I look when I listen to your albums, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like one more album, these guys probably would have been like the the shit. Like, you know, I hate this, I mean you guys were the shit, but like, you know, that next level of like fame or whatever. Why what made you leave it? Like like how do you how do you walk away from something yeah. that you've been working your whole life for, that you were inspired as a child by your father? Music is everything to you. It's what you it's what got you through the hard times who you are you're you're singing a thousand you're inspiring people you're you got three great friends like like how does that end how do you walk away from that
1: i had a i had a that,
0: i mean unless you had like drug problems and stuff like that then i then i get it but you know i don't well, think you did
1: i did have drug problems for a long time okay uh, like i was i was like seriously addicted to a lot of stuff um that those guys were there for me for and like helped me get through and it was awesome. Um, I had a come to Jesus moment, man, like, like point blank, um, where it was just like, like,
0: like literally, right. Like like, literally literally, like, (laughs) like
1: like we were in uh San Diego and I had an experience that I could only describe as God. Um, and it changed the way that I thought about things and it it shifted the way that, that I I viewed life. And, um, as I started living that life, it it became like obvious that like, that's not where I was supposed to be right then, you Mm -hmm. know? And, because Christianity was was so new to me and so, like, um, I'd never been a Christian before. Dude, I, I, know, I was an atheist. Right. Um, because it was so new and so foreign to me, like, I didn't know how to handle anything. So, dude, I, I, I cut off everybody. And that included, like, my three best friends there. Um, and I did it poorly. I spent the next, like, seven years, like, texting, 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 texting. We finally started talking again, which is awesome. Um, you know, like I've got a really great relationship with all three of those dudes now and that, that's really cool. But yeah, it, it was, it was, a. I believe that God wanted me to be somewhere other than where I was, but I think that how I transitioned was really crappy on my part.
0: Yeah. But I mean, that shit happen. Like, like so they want to say like, there's no, there's no manual to this shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, like we don't know, we don't know that like, there's no, there's no do overs. There's just like, like, I mean, I yeah. look at like all the stupidest shit and I did a lot. I like, was a very... I wasn't a very good person in my early and mid twenties. I was a shit bag dad, like all kinds. But I I don't, it's weird. Like some people get, they look back and they get really like depressed and upset and they, they hate themselves. I don't, I don't hate myself. Like I can't, I can't like, that's who I was, you know, five, 10 years ago. It's got, it's not who I am now. Like, I mean, like it's, that, that motherfucker didn't know better. If he, would, if he would have known fucking better, he wouldn't have made those goddamn choices. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he was an idiot. Like, I, I'm barely an idiot now, but back then I was a real fucking idiot. And so, like, you can't really, like... I know, I, I, I can't hold that that person to the same standards that I hold myself to now because he didn't know better. I know now, you know, but... Yeah, exactly. So you you pretty much... Did you have a family? Were you married and had kids at, at any point during, like, Go Radio? No. Okay, so you, you were lucky in the sense that you know, you had some of the addictions and like you went through these hard times that you're able to kind of separate yourself from that before. Exactly.
1: I was, I was, uh, very much a, um, not always single, but always very, very destructive dude. Yeah. Um, you know, drugs, fights, alcohol, like the, the whole deal, um, was always a really, really big and really, uh, dark part of my life then.
0: So since we're talking about you, like, And you made it that far. Um, Is is, is that just like a rock? Is that really just a rock and roll thing? Did you know guys who were able to, like, live that life and not go down like the the crazy roads that you went down?
1: I know people that partied harder than I did that never got as dark as I got. Right. Um, You know, because yeah, everybody parties, everybody drinks, you know, everybody does drugs, but not everybody takes it to the extreme that I did. Um, there are a lot of people like inside the music industry that are just like, no, Jason Linkast is a terrible dude. Horrible person.
0: Yeah, like
1: you, yeah, you, you talk to the wrong person. They're going to give you some really, really bad ideas about me because um, I was that, not that, always a solid dude. But
0: that, that's me <laughs> in Panama City. You go to Panama City. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, ask about Josh Smith. There's going to be some, some frowns, <laughs> some, yeah, just, some just disgusting looks. <laughs> so, you know, you survived that you so, when you left when you when go radio was no more, like
1: yeah,
0: like what was like so what happened? you go, you go into recovery, you figure some shit out, you start going to church, and you surround yourself by you know all those people. it's like like was there something in there that kind of like helped you like progress into the person you are now, was it you know, did you meet your wife or something like that?
1: well, um my wife came on, I got clean before go radio was over. Okay. Uh, I woke up one morning, dude, and I like looked down at my phone, and it's been like. I don't know, like eight or nine days since I'd, you know, been sober and look down at my phone and I started like text the per- like uh, people from the night before to apologize and I'm like crap. Like I'm doing this every day. Like that's like, you know, before I have breakfast, I'm like figuring out who do I need to apologize to from last night. Like what dude, that, that,
0: that is know? so my life,
1: dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would
0: get ready to go on these deployments, right? Yeah. And they would get they would and they would, they would the, the military would fuck up and they would give me like 30 days. To go do whatever i could before i go on a, you know, a year-long deployment and i i would take i would take that 30 days and i would fucking wreck it i mean i mean like essentially i had i had so many friends but by the end of that 30 days motherfuckers were like trying to shit me out earlier than when i was supposed to go like and like I, I would spend like the next deployment like writing letters like sorry sorry <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> dude that's that's
1: how it goes man and and I woke up one morning and realized that was, that's what I was doing every day. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't, I don't want to be this guy anymore. So I started trying really, really hard to, to kind of turn that around. And dude, it was, it was a long and really, really painful and, and uh, arduous road that dude, it was, it was brutal. It was brutal. I, I said a lot of apologies and I spent a lot of time trying to make up for stuff to people. Um, and luckily I met my wife on the end of that. Um, we had a show here in Orlando and, uh, you know she's she's there trying to to hustle some shirts. She was helping a friend launch a a clothing company, and uh she was friends with Steve, so she's like, "Hey, maybe go radio wear all shirts and dude, so I hit her up she she added me on Facebook and I was riding in the front of the bus with our driver um and I was just like I, th- I think my first words to my wife were, "You look like someone I want to know I was like." <laughs> Because, That's like, creepy. <laughs> super creepy, and it was intended to be creepy. Because um, I'm 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 blessed with like the most gorgeous, beautiful wife that ever existed. Yeah. Um, no offense to yours. I've never seen yours, but dude, my my wife is like, she's she's so beautiful to me, man. Um, and so, uh, you know, we we met up after the show and and had a lot of like, you know, just fun. We didn't go out and like get wasted. We just talked for like hours and hours and hours and hours. And uh, by the time I got back from that tour, I was like, like I'm moving to Orlando. I was still living in Tallahassee. Like, dude, I'm gonna move to Orlando. I'm gonna date this girl. I'm gonna marry this girl. I'd already told this girl I was gonna marry her. I was like, hey, you don't know it yet, but I'm 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 it for you. There's nothing after this. Oh so. shit,
0: that's <laughs> cocky, bro. That's cocky,
1: dude. It, it was it was I mean, luckily it panned out because yeah, that's super cocky, but. Um, dude, I moved down here. She helped me find a place uh, in Orlando on uh, 36th Street in OBT. It was $700 a month. And uh, Orlando is currently one of the most expensive places to live in, the, in, in America. Um, so $700 a month and the most expensive place should tell you what kind of area this was, dude. Like straight up had prostitutes that were like making deals on my front yard. Like, dude, it was crazy. Um, D saw somebody get shot like twice in the neighborhood. Like it's nuts, nuts area. Um, but I did it, man. I moved down here and I dated that girl and, uh, you know, we got married in November that year and, um, while I was on tour, you know, like she came out and, and we got married in in Nashville while I was on tour in, in, uh, Montgomery Bell State Park. It was freaking awesome. Um, but yeah, then came home and, and she was, she had left for Brazil like five days after I moved to Orlando. So dude, like I didn't know anybody like, all my buds tour. And it was, like, in the middle of touring season. So, like, I didn't know anybody in Orlando. So, dude, I would go to Mall of Millennia because it's, like, this really big mall down here <clears throat> where all these tourists come. And it's just, like, they come because it's got, like, the really big name stores. So, there's all these, like, Japanese tourists, like, videotaping each other. And I'm just in the background just, like, <laughs> just, like, straight straight photobombing, just, like, giving the creepiest, weirdest looks I can to these cameras, hoping that they're going to get home. And, like, what? Who is that guy? Um but uh i'd already come back to god um i was studying the bible and stuff like that but i was completely by myself so her parents started hanging out with me dude i I was so desperate for people to hang out with her parents were like hey we'll hang out with that guy they started taking me to church and like bringing me over for dinner which was great because i was living by myself and like you know trying to um survive the obt experience um orange boston trail is that that area just super rough. so no, like like they, they kinda helped me a lot in and going like okay, well maybe maybe you know the way that you compose yourself isn't right. You know, like I, I see like you're still kinda hanging on to some of that them violent tendencies. Maybe you wanna, you know, find a better outlet for that. And you know, it was it was difficult, man. It it was a it was a long road.
0: Uh, so now years later, you got you got a family now. Like what do you yeah. So as a father, like how do you think all that shit that you went through, you know, like from the things that your dad taught you from the loss of your father through the, the rock star life, like, like as a parent now, like what do you think? Like how how does it set you up? How do you feel as a parent? Like the things that are important to you?
1: I can tell my kids exactly what not to do. Exactly. (laughs) That's that's about about the best thing I can do as a parent.
0: I don't know anything else, but I can tell you what you shouldn't fucking do.
1: (laughs) Exactly, man. I can, I can pick out the bad influence. Not that kid. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, I I, I feel like uh, I feel like I made a lot of mistakes and and because of uh, because of where I was at in my career and everything, a lot of them were really public mistakes. Yeah. Um so I am hoping that gives me like some credibility. You know, maybe later on, like when my kid goes, How do you know this is a terrible thing? I'm like, here's a YouTube video that says how people <laughs> terrible thing. You know, like so fingers crossed, right? Like we're all like you said, man, it's it's all guesswork and and dice when it comes to figuring out how to race your kid. Yeah. Um try and do it biblically, try and do it, you know, as, as best I can and, and, you know, hope I don't mess up. Yeah.
0: So do you miss it though? Do you miss being the, uh, the lead singer to a, a popular band?
1: Yeah, there are sometimes I do. There's sometimes I don't. Um, what I always tell my wife is like, yes, there are, there are several elements about it that I miss. Like, you know, being in, in a different place all the time. Like there's always something new to do. There's always like, um, a new experience. There's a feeling that being on stage uh, gives you, especially like at that level, that is really, really hard to come by anywhere else. Um, but I never miss it enough to do it 11 months a year again. Right. You know, like like here, I've got my family. I've I've got my kids. I've got my wife. You know, I've got responsibilities and and uh, a mission. It, it feels like like my my life is very missional now. Right. You know that that I've got like these these three little foot soldiers running around that I'm trying to, you know, show how to do the right thing and, and, you know, show how to make the right move and, and be a good influence on. And I can't do that if I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Cause I I was thinking about that too. Like, you know, if I was still in the, cause it was hard for me when my daughters were young because I was always gone. I was always, always getting ready to go back over there. (laughs) You know, and, uh, you know, now I got Theo, my son, you know, he's he's, turns a year next, next week is a year old. And it's just like, no, I'm, I'm like if people ask me if I miss the military. I'm like, yeah, I miss the guys, but like as far as that life, it's like no, they can they can they can fucking keep that shit because <laughs> I'm like it's like the people understand like the world is I don't know why they don't understand because everyone 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 who's alive today has parents. Yeah, that's just the way it is. It's just like it's like that's a job. Like raising kids is a fucking job. Like it's 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 the biggest most important thing that I can do as a human being is raise yeah. a kid because if I don't something else is and I don't know what the fuck that, that that's going to happen what that's going to be and it's just like like no I don't want to go Iraq and like I love my country to death and I, I gave it a, a bunch of good years of my life but like now it's like dude I'm fucking dad like my job is to to raise this fucker to make sure he's not like I was and he's better that you know <laughs> yeah. when he gets older he's gonna be a good dad he's gonna be a good husband he's gonna be a he's gonna be a good friend like these are the things that you know they're more important to me than and I hate to say it but going overseas and you know fighting for freedom whatever yeah. I mean Someone's got to do it. I did it. Now it's someone else's turn. But dad, my he- job, my job now is dad. That's that's, yeah. that's it. I can't fuck this up because if I do, I don't know. Like my biggest fear, like I don't want him to be a, a high school and, and shoot the school up because he's he's fucking depressed about some bullshit. You know, it's like yeah. this is my responsibility. And I I couldn't imagine, you know, like being like being being a rock star. You know, it's it's obviously a little more glamorous than my life was, but it is. It's about like, it's always about being gone. It's yeah. never it's it's what it is. It's you're always gone. You're always going out and making other people happy while the ones back home that love you the most are, are miserable. Yeah.
1: You're either so, gone or getting ready to leave all the yeah.
0: time. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I look at you and I talk to Patrick Hosey and we all kind of feel the same way. It's just like like I'm glad I didn't I'm glad I didn't make it. I'm glad that those guys kicked me out of the band and
1: yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> I'm glad I went that and, like I never became a rock star. I'm glad of all these things because I don't think I would be as blessed as I am now with what I have. Like I think life would be different. Like you look at all these the guys who are famous who, who've been doing, like, and now they're like almost in their forties, and it's almost depressing to watch them get up in front of people and play because they got they got bellies, they got receding hairlines, and they're they're singing they're singing songs they sang you know twenty years ago, but it's you know it's they make millions, but I mean like they always got they always got problems, they always got. He's like, no, like I want to make my life as simple as possible and focus. You know, on the things that mean the most to me, which are my kids, my wife. Like, I, I can't, I can't. W- one of the best advice that someone ever gave me is like, you can't have more than one most important thing. You can only have one thing that's most important. Mm-hmm. Because if you try, if you try to have like, a bunch of important things, it's going to take, it's going to take from each other. It's going to be a give and take. Yeah. And so, like, you know, in my opinion, like my wife and my kids are the most important thing. And, you know,
1: that's how that's, it should be, man. Like, yeah. that's, dude, that's how you're engineered to be, man. It's, there's a, there's a really, really primal, thing that kind of comes up in you like I don't know about you and me anyway like whenever whenever we talk even talking about my kids like I kind of puff out my chest a little bit more you know, like my muscles get a little bit stiff I'm like no those are my kids mm-hmm. dude like you get super protective and, and super like uh alpha that's the only way to explain it it's like you talk about family talking about my wife and kids like I get alpha real fast yeah um and it is it's just a it's a god-given just a need to protect and to to develop and to serve and to pour into these people and, and just to love them better than anyone else in the world will ever love them. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, that's, that's all you can do. Yeah. You know, that's all you can do. And, and like you said, you can't do that to two things. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't say like, I'm going to be a family man and gone 11 months out of the year. Those two things don't exist at the same time, you mm-hmm. know?
0: so all right man well i appreciate this man it was so good to see you and talk to you but my wife needs a computer here in a little bit so. <laughs> so but yeah you know dude you know first off let me go ahead and apologize for having to put up with all you know my foul mouth i know you're doing so i know i know you're doing some things with the church and i respect that And i'm glad what it's done oh. for you but if any of your followers or whatever listen like i'm sorry i got a foul mouth so <laughs> but uh you know i love you bro and dude stay in touch and uh you know just keep doing what you're doing man i love seeing those pictures on instagram
1: keep putting them out there man love you too all
0: right man take it easy